What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of 305 Culture. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, Motor City Hoops, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Knuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Thunderous Applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Alright, let's review the Heat's previous week. Miami went 2-1 and one during the week, and let's start with the first game of the week, January 4th, 4th, excuse me, the Heat versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. First, vice versa, debuted it, finally. I thought the jerseys Looked really clean on them. Um, some people thought they looked like cotton candy or 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 like some. They, they look kind of goofy. I like them, as I, I think I have previously said. They're not my favorite Vice jerseys. They're probably at the bottom of the of the Vice rankings. But anyway, they're still some of the most inventive jerseys out there, and they're and I'm kind of sad that the that the Vice line is coming to a, to an end after this season, but I'm excited to see where they where they go next. Anyway, Miami went with their with another different starting lineup, but this time this lineup looked like it would it will stick for at least at least some time. Kelly Olynyk started at power forward, and it was a it was a good team to tinker a bit because the Thunder, as we all know, the Thunder are you know they're they're not a, a good team, and it showed. Miami played outstanding. They started off quickly, six to nothing, and the what was noticeably better was the spacing with Kelly in the lineup. Kelly's shooting is really good for a big man, and that's something that we didn't have when we had more Harkless and Andre Godala starting in the previous games. Obviously, on defense, you have some concerns and the rebounding, but Miami, I mean the coaching and the and the players that surround him could definitely help out. And in a matchup like this one, the Thunder are not really good offensively, so it was a it was a good it was a good how do you say it was a it was a good change for the for the for the team. Miami have found many opportunities at the rim. The gym were. What was much more important in this game was that Jimmy looked much more spry. He was, after looking so bad in the Dallas game, he bounced back and he looked terrific. He had 18 points and he was getting to the rim, drawing fouls, making shots. And it was really encouraging to see him come back 
come back in such a huge way after after that ankle injury really really looked to hinder him through it throughout the rest of the games. The game was basically over by the third quarter because Miami won on a twenty two nothing run and they basically put the game away. Fifty six percent from the field. Really, really really cool. But the first fourteen turnovers again fourteen turnovers are uh, we're still we're still really sloppy with the ball and that definitely is an area of concern. I believe it's it's a it's a trend. We've already played eight games and we still haven't been able to to take proper care of the ball. Not it doesn't matter who who's leading the unit, whether it's Hira, point guard or Dragic or even Butler. Still too many mistakes too many silly mistakes. Players having a really <laughs> I would say a really a really bad case of butterfingers and miscommunications. And that's something that really needs to tighten up. And it's been probably the most surprising aspect of this team so far. The, the amount of turnovers that they had has been simply staggering. We still rank in the bottom two of the, the league in terms of turnovers per game. Right now, we're, we went up a, a place. We're 29th now. Hooray. We're not we're in last place. We're still we're averaging over... 17 turnovers a game, which is really bad. Anyway, to recap the game, Bam led us in scoring with 20 points. Tyler Hero had a nice game passing the ball with, with 9 assists. The whole team as a whole, the whole team, excuse me, had a very good day passing passing the ball with 34 assists. 56% from the field was really, really, really good after struggling to shoot the ball in the previous game against Dallas. And... That leads us to Wednesday's game, nationally televised game, the vice versa debut on national television against our Eastern Conference foe, the Boston Celtics. Listen, we all know how this game ended, but let's... We'll discuss that in a moment. First off, Olenek started again, which is the first time that Miami has started the same lineup in consecutive games in season. We have tinkered with the starting lineup every single game up to that point. Tatum, Tatum is having an excellent season, and he was smoking hot from three. He made two threes in that first quarter. Miami went down by 17 in the second, but then came back to cut it to 10 to in the half. Brown and Tatum shot making was outstanding throughout the game. Brown Brown struggled a bit throughout the game. He shot I believe I believe seven for 21 for 21, but he was the the threat of him of him making baskets was still there and he's having a phenomenal season probably between him and Christian Wood they are both in the race for most improved player right now the heat closed the gap in the third and they earned their first lead and Tatum was cooking hero every time he guarded him which we're going to touch on a little bit later Tatum was ridiculous in the third and let's recap those last five minutes because I believe that there were some really encouraging signs and there were some really discouraging signs. First off, with 5.21 to go, Miami was up 93-90. to The lineup on the floor was Iggy, Bam, Jimmy, Hero, Gordon, and Goran. Excuse me. Lots of switchability. Not, not, not so much with Hero and Goran, but with Iggy, Bam, and Jimmy, that's a really switchy lineup on defense. And the Heat started to play the 
2-3 zone that pretty much resembled the, the one that they played in the playoffs and was pretty effective against the Bucks and the Celtics. But anyway, Bam got left alone on an island in a possession. Thice came in with offensive rebound. He made an easy dunk. Jimmy was, once again, looks like he's starting to fall in rhythm. After after this game, he went he went he played really well against the Wizards, but we're gonna cover that later. The Celtics def- the offense, excuse me, started to started to struggle with that two three zone. But the Celtics between Tatum and Brown, they bailed them out with some really timely threes, really and really long shots. But especially t- the there was a, a a three that Tatum made over Bam that was just absurd. Honestly, and Smart did a really good job of of exploiting the little pockets of space that the zone leaves. As we all know, in football, zone zone coverage leaves a little bit of space in some areas, and you need to know where to find them in order to exploit it. Well, the same case, the same thing applies here in basketball. Some sometimes the zone leaves a little bit of little pocket of space, specifically in that mid range area around the free throw line. And that's where Smart found Thais. And Bam still put up a pretty good contest, but Thais made a made a two-point shot. The Miami offense started to collapse with and it's it was basically due to is not a good shooter. Dragic and Hero are good shooters, but they but they weren't contributing that much. So Bam and Jimmy were our two best offensive players. Our two best players overall, I would I should say. They couldn't get their the oh, the driving lanes that they were used to operating in. Bam had a really bad mid-range jump shot that basically careened off the backboard, and and Iggy airballed a three. So the so Thais put the the Celtics up ten, and Spo had to call a timeout. Miami had not scored in over three minutes, and the game was getting away from them. But in came Duncan, and oh boy, he was absolutely marvelous in that. In those 30, first 30 seconds of, game, of playing time that he had. Now, some people on Heat Twitter, on Heat Twitter were suggesting this, suggesting this lineup. And it turned out to be fantastic. Bam, Jimmy, Robinson, Hero, and Dragic to close the game. And brother, that game, that lineup was outstanding. Specifically, Robinson. Since there are three shooters on three, and three playmakers on the floor two really good shooters and two really good two really good uh, how should I say slashers on the floor at all times that opens up the offense in incredible ways and Duncan Robinson was the one that benefited the most in this instance he scored 7 points in 30 seconds including a 4 point play and he basically single handedly brought the heat back from being down 10 to within 3 and that's when Dragic made the Made the three. With that lineup, the only thing that could be a bit worrying is the defensive versatility. Miami had to move to a more traditional man-to-man defense in that occasion, and they held off Boston pretty nice, pretty nicely. But yeah, the sequence that defined the game. First off, Dragic was open from the corner. Bam grabbed the offensive rebound, which was really. When I heard Mike Green call that, and he said, and he said the Bam grabbed the rebound, passes it to Dragic, who puts up the three, bang, that 
brought back some really good memories. If you if you know, you know that that call that spectacular call from Mike Breen with a certain Heat player making a legendary shot that went down in NBA history, probably the clutchest shot in NBA history. Oh, bro, those days those days were really good. Anyway, let's go through the sequence that went after that Drogic 3 to tie the game. There were a little more than 10 seconds left. As Tatum brought the ball up the floor, he saw that Jimmy was guarding him, because it makes sense given that Jimmy is our best perimeter defender by far in that current lineup. So Tatum called for Smart to set a screen, which is, pun in, no pun intended, the smart thing to do, because Robinson was guarding Smart. And uh, honestly, maybe he should have gone with with Hero because Hero struggled all game long to guard Tatum. But that's a discussion for another day. Smart makes his makes his screen on on Jimmy. Jimmy fights over the screen, and Robinson came over to double Tatum, which prompted him to pass. And Jimmy, who's so good at playing the passing lanes, he almost tipped the pass, which would have been which would have led for a wild sequence. But Tatum somehow got the pass off. He's so tall and so long that he got the pass off to Smart. Robinson had to get back. And Smart, seeing this, and seeing that the clock was winding down, he took the ball to the basket and he used his strong frame to push Duncan out of the, out of the way in order to try to get a clean look. Now let's see who was on the paint at that, the paint at that time. Bam went and helped on the Smart play. On the smart drive, excuse me. Which was the correct play. Since we know that Robinson is not the strongest guy on the floor. And Smart is a really sturdy guy. It was the the correct decision from Bam to go and contest his shot. Smart, staying on brand, threw up a wild shot at the rim. And it barely hit the rim. Now here's where, where things start to... Where, here's where we basically lost the game. Hero was in the paint, and he got stuck ball watching. So, Bam and Robinson are busy contesting the shot. Smart fell down, so he was not a factor for an offensive rebound. The only two players that were a factor on the offensive re- on the offensive boards were Peyton Pritchard and and Daniel Thice, because Brown and Tatum were out patrolling the the three point line. So it, it was. It was Jimmy guarding Tatum and Brown. I, I I forgot who was guard. I forgot who was guarding him. I forgot to put in my notes. But still, he was patrolling the three-point line. So there are three players, and that no, there are, there are four players in the paint. Dragic starts to box out Daniel Thais, and he does a pretty good job of boxing out Thais, since considering that Thais is much bigger than than Goran. But who made the mistake at the end of the game? It was Tyler Hero. Hero was supposed to rotate towards Peyton Pritchard and prevent the, the offensive rebound, but Pritchard, in in smart fashion, went swooped in and scooped and scooped the put back and gave the Celtics the lead with 0.2 seconds remaining. So anyway, this the, I have a couple of notes on this game. The final play was going to be basically impossible. They threw up a lob to to Bam Adebayo, but Brad Stevens, and it was actually a pretty, a 
pretty decent place, and it involved some a Duncan screen and and Bam diving to the rim. But Stevens did a really good job of uh, putting Robert Williams in a place where where he could bother Bam, and since he did, he only had to literally guard the paint for two tenths of two tenth of a of a second. Then it was it was pretty smart from Stevens on his part. The guy that was I'm gonna be. I know I have said I uh, we should be patient with Tyler, and he bounced back in the next game, but he was not good over overall in this game. He only made two field goals, one of them being a three, and he got constantly cooked by Tatum. Thanks to NBAStats.com, I managed to find some matchup data, and here's an interesting tidbit: Tatum shot three from three or five from the field when guarded by Hero on four minutes of matchup time, the most on the team. That is not a recipe for success. If you have Tyler Hero constantly guarding the best perimeter scorer on the other team, you're probably going to lose. And four minutes of matchup time is a lot throughout a game. And it showed. And Duncan Robinson, he didn't go on skate. Tatum actually cooked him even more. He just he had just over one minute of matchup time with Robinson. And he shot four from six from the field and two for two from three. Now, I would... There's an interesting defensive stat with with Duncan Robinson. I believe it was Christian Vasquez of the Miami Heat beat. They make some really good content over there. You should check them out. He found that when the Heat have Duncan Robinson on the floor, their defensive rating is of 101. When he's off the floor, that defensive rating plummets to 109. And it's the best, it's the highest net difference on the team in terms of defensive rating. So that's a really interesting stat. Moving on to Brown, the second best perimeter scorer for the Celtics. He did this. He absolutely cooked Hero as well. Shooting four for six from the field on about a minute and a half of matchup time. Now, we all, we all know that Hero is a huge defensive liability on the perimeter. He's got he's got a short wingspan. He doesn't have the foot, the foot speed. And... He sometimes struggles to be on the right place at the right time because he gets stuck ball watching, and there's these are things that he has to he has to clean up because it does not bode well for Miami's future when we face more elite perimeter scores throughout the season. Coming up after the break, we're gonna break down the Heat Wizards game, which was a scoring bonanza. Later, we're gonna touch upon the the postponed Heat Celtics Part Two game. On Sunday and what's going on with the league in general with the pandemic so stick around and I'll see you after the break hey hoop heads we all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury arise is trying to change that with the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. 
and we're back. Okay, let's start discussing the Heat Wizards game. Miami won one twenty-seven to one twenty-four. Yes, that's a real score, which feels incredible given our offensive struggles. Throughout the season, we currently rank 23rd in offensive rating, which is not good considering that we ranked near the top 5 in offensive rating last season, and we basically have the same personnel. Well, maybe some of that is due to Jimmy missing games and the Harkless, and the games that Harkless started in which the offense did not look good enough at all. I really wish that Harkless has not, has not played very much, did not play a lot this week, so... Yeah, that's that's a bit concerning given that he was a... I thought that he would be a bigger contributor after seeing that we signed him. Anyway, the Heat went with the same starting lineup for the third straight game. So it was. It looks like we finally found some consistency in that area. We'll, I'll recap. Bam, Kelly, Jimmy, Duncan, and Hero. So that starting lineup has been pretty good for us. We only lost a game in Boston to Boston, and it was a close one. So hopefully, hopefully this lineup, this lineup staying the way it is, is signals signals a, a turn of the corner. Anyway, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook were both out, and yet Miami allowed Washington to score 124 points, which is absurd. Miami scored 47 first quarter points, which is a franchise record for first quarter points, but Washington scored 44. If, if, if you're scoring that much, and listen, I can't, I cannot overstate how bad the defense was in this game. And it's something that we have actually, have actually been pretty good on this season. We rank 11th in defensive rating, but this, this game, man, that was that was something goron was excellent from 3 at one uh, throughout the whole game he was 6 for 6 at one point and he finished 7 from not 7 of 9 from, from deep and this is him coming into this game he was not shooting the ball pretty well from 3 and the positive development of this game was that after struggling mightily on Wednesday hero came through with a career high 31 points on sweet shooting from the floor the three wasn't there for him, one for five, but he shot better than fifty percent overall from the field. He didn't pass. He didn't have a good game passing the ball. He had only two. He only had two assists. But Jimmy was there to pick up the slack in that department, and he had nine assists. He flirted with a triple double, which is always encouraging to see your best, uh, your best player playing at that high of a level throughout the whole week. Miami had control of the of the game. Basically through the entire, for the first three quarters. But in the fourth, it was when things unraveled. The Wizards scored 38 points in the fourth. And outscored Miami by 13. Which made the game too close for comfort. And after having a good game controlling the turnovers on Wednesday. They had only, they only had 8 against Boston. Which was, you know, one of the few, one of the positives of that game. But once again, Miami was too loose with the ball, and they had 16 turnovers, which is one less than their season average. Miami allowed Denny Avdija, Garrison Matthews. If you had Garrison Matthews scoring 22 points on the bingo, then congratulations, you have won. And Rui Hachimura scored 20, 22, and 17. Now, personally, I had never heard of Garrison Matthews before the game, 
good for him, honestly. He he shot the ball well, and he was giving the Heat fits throughout the entire game. The game ended with the game ended, you know, with us winning by three. But I I'm gonna be honest, this game I wasn't really I, I really didn't pay much attention to this game after the first quarter because I I I I had some. I had some doubts with, with it. I was paying attention. I should say I was paying attention to the game, but it was it wasn't I wasn't as aware of it as the first two games. Anyway, I want to discuss something that is starting to worry me a bit as a fan and as a fan of of the Heat and as a fan of the NBA in general. First, news came later in the af- in the in late in the in the Sunday afternoon that the Celtics Heat game that was slated to be played. Later that day, got postponed due to contact tracing, and I believe the Celtics were and the Heat didn't have enough available players, so that happened, and that was not that. This is getting starting to get out of hand. This was the this was the first game of the season to be postponed due to COVID problems, and now today it was announced that the that the Pelicans Mavericks game and the next, the other Celtic game got got postponed as well due to contact tracing and COVID protocols. It was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN that the team governors are going to meet on Tuesday, January the twelfth, January twelfth, in order to discuss how to proceed. Kurt Hewen of of NBC Sports reported that that the NBA is considering pausing the the season for 7 to 14 days which i personally think is the best course of action given the all the problems that we that have started to surface throughout the past week and i believe somebody should should do something about the wizards because every single team that played the wizards this week had a either, had either contact tracing issues or a positive test after the after playing the wizards for Miami, it was Avery Bradley, and we're definitely going to be shorthanded given that he's one of our one of our three best perimeter defenders. So that's something to be aware of, and I believe the league should step in with for the Wizards. But well, they stepped in, but they fined those Sixers because they failed to disclose Ben Simmons' injury on time. They fined the Sixers twenty five thousand dollars, which I don't get. Those are not the priorities right now. The priority should be how to tighten the COVID protocols and how to either find a way to get the vaccine to the players if they agree to do so. Which, by the way, I saw a tweet. I don't. I don't remember the the person who said, but basically it echoed my this it echoed the sent my my sentiments too. That I wouldn't mind if NBA players got the vaccine. After uh, I wouldn't mind it as much as politicians who downplayed the the pandemic getting the vaccine behind closed doors. Why? Well, because the I know politicians are considered. I don't know if they're considered essential workers or not. I don't know what what the hell are they supposed? Where the hell? What the hell are they for? This joke, but. If the league can find a way to va- to put the vaccines on players, 
there might be some resistance, but I would say if I were out on silver, I would I would say, hey, you either you you get the vaccine or you can't play until next season, which seems fine by me, unless some got some somebody from the Heat objects to that, which I hope they don't. But give this is this is starting to get out of hand. The we're gonna play the Sixers on Tuesday and Thursday, and we're gonna be shorthanded at least for the Tuesday game. So I'm a bit concerned for that. The Sixers, the the NBA forced the Sixers to play with only seven available players, and they ended up losing to the Nuggets. And, and they were without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So on Tuesday we might face Tyrese Maxey on uh. <laughs> Who had a really good game, but he basically has to play like 45 minutes. But hey, maybe that's good for his development. Maybe that's good that Doc is giving him the the long of a leash due to the necessity. But yeah, Tuesday and Thursday, the Jimmy Revenge games. And then the Pistons on Saturday. The Pistons one should be an easy game. Well, Jeremy Grant has been killing it lately. My, my, that's a... That's a really good example of a player betting on himself and that and that's something that a lot of young players I think will take note of and props to him for having an all-star caliber season too bad that there won't be an all-star game this season maybe the, the NBA should do something like the Pro Bowl celebration that the NFL is doing I was I was watching the the games and the the NFL games this weekend which were almost all games were pretty good yeah, except for the Bears Saints one, but the Nickelodeon broadcast made it much better, and uh, and it was a source of comedy that you should definitely check out on the on Twitter on Twitter. But yeah, they they are doing a Pro Bowl celebration where they recognize players, even though the actual game won't be played. So I would like to see the NBA do that. That would be pretty good, pretty cool, to be honest. Now, to hand our weekly Heat Player of the Week award. I think it's pretty obvious. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy bounced back after missing the last few games, a couple of games last last week and playing so bad in his return. His average is for the week, 23 points per game, 7 rebounds per game, and 6 assists per game. He was outstanding. As, and it was, he was a huge contributor to the Heat having a positive, a positive record in the, on the week. Some things that I would like to see the Heat improve. Can we string together a couple of consecutive wins, please? Because we we either we're it has been basically the same thing: win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, all season. And we need some consistency if we wanna if we wanna be considered among the top tier of teams that that our finals run propelled us to. The Nets are struggling. They are five and six. I don't think people are talking are talking about that enough. Kyrie Irving has missed a couple of games. The Sixers are going to be shorthanded probably this week too. So their stranglehold on the first seed might might slip. And the Bucks, well, the, the Bucks are still really good. So maybe the Bucks will take this opportunity to grab the first seed. But Miami should look at this and say we should take advantage of the situation that other teams find themselves in and make our mark. Also, 29th in turnovers per game, I already mentioned that. 25th 
in three-pointers made, which is, wow, I didn't see that one coming. When I was looking for the numbers in three-pointers made, I was so surprised to see Miami that near the bottom of the of the league in terms of three-pointers made. And that really, really worries me because we have one of the three best shooters in the league in Duncan Robinson. The system that we deploy allows for for more freedom of movement and hence it opens up three-point opportunities. Maybe with Olenek in the starting lineup, the offense should be flowing, should get flowing much better. We played really well on offense this week, as I said, with Kelly on the, in the lineup. So I've, I've had some gripes with Kelly in the past, but it looks like he he'll help out. He'll help out. And let's hope that Miami improves. So I'm gonna I'm gonna end this the the episode on on this note. The Heat report there was still there is still going to remain in the race for either Bradley Beal or James Harden. Uh, basically, Kevin O'Connor, the ringer, said that the Bradley Beal watch has begun, and rightfully so. The Wizards have the worst defense in the league. They are they are way below 500, and Russell Westbrook has been terrible to start the season. And at some point, the Wizards have to look at Beal and say, maybe our best course of action is to reboot. We're not gonna go, we're not going anywhere with him. So try to recoup some value, and. He hit the reset button. And I believe... Actually, Heat fans would prefer Beal over Harden. And I get why. He's way younger. He's 27. His playing style fits Miami way better than James Harden. Given that Bradley Beal can play off the ball. as He's used to playing off the ball much more than James Harden. And he can run pick and rolls. And he's an elite shooter. So maybe. Just maybe. Maybe Bradley Beal instead of James Harden becomes a Miami Heat player. But anyway, that's speculation and I don't want to get into that. So, with that being said, thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe to our feed, whatever you get your podcast. Please leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your masks, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week. Bye-bye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals. Visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.